0: Well, if you brought your Bibles, please turn to the book of Luke, Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, and we're going to look at uh, this chapter, but we're going to look at it in reverse order. We're going to look at verses uh, 11, uh, verses 28 through 40 first. And then we'll go back and read verses 11 through 14 as we conclude the sermon. I want to share a sermon I've just simply entitled, The King is Coming. The King is Coming. Luke chapter 19, and we want to look at verse 28 and following. Luke 19, 28. And when he had thus spoken... He went before, ascending up to Jerusalem. And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethphage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering you shall find a coat tied, whereon you've never, whereon a never man set. Loose him, and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, why do you loose him? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way, and they found, even as he had said unto them. As they were loosing the coat, the owner thereof said unto him, why loose ye the coat? They said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus. They cast their garments upon the coat. And they set Jesus thereon. own. And as he went, they spread their clothes in his way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the mount, a descent of the mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice, for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, "Blessed be the King that cometh in the name of the Lord! Peace in heaven, and glory in the highest!" And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto them. Or said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. He answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. Today's Palm Sunday. We recognize this week to be the week prior to. The crucifixion of Jesus. The last week in the life of Jesus prior to his arrest, his crucifixion, and his resurrection. This week is also referred to as Holy Week. It's also referred to as Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. It's a triumphant week. Because Jesus fulfills a prophecy of Zechariah 9, verse 9. The Bible says, if you allow me to read. The Bible says in 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh upon thee. He is just and having salvation lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a colt, the fowl, the foal of an ass. And so hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years after Zachariah had prophesied Israel's king arriving in Jerusalem on a donkey, it's finally fulfilled by King Jesus in Luke 19:28 through 40. Imagine the accuracy of the Bible in that prophecy. Now Jesus was claiming to be king. But he was claiming to be a different kind of king. He was claiming to be a king who was different from what men were usually accustomed to. What they were usually accustomed a king to be. Jesus was claiming to be a king of peace. Jesus was claiming to be a king and whose kingdom is not of earth, but his kingdom would be far, far, far away in a place called heaven. Now, in order to prepare his disciples for the event known as Palm Sunday in the week to follow, Jesus shared a parable with them. And he shared this parable because he wanted them to understand what would be happening in Jerusalem in just a few days, or a few days after he would ride into Jerusalem. So he tells this parable. parable is a heavenly story that has an earthly meaning. So he tells this parable and this parable is referred to as the parable of the pounds or the parable of the ten minus. And Jesus is saying in this parable, this is what's going to happen in the coming days. And he wanted his disciples to know what to expect. And so he shares a parable. Let's look at that in Luke. In in, uh, Luke 19, verse 11. As they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. Because he was nigh to Jerusalem. And because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy until I come. Occupy until I come. Jesus spoke this parable. Now I've jotted down about, Four points, I guess, of this parable. The first I noticed is the receiving of the kingdom. This is in verse twelve. A certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. So a man of a nobleman, the King James says nobleman, the the NIV uses the word um, a noble, a man of noble birth. A man of noble birth went into a far country. Jesus is speaking about himself. Don't forget that Jesus had the most noble birth ever recorded in history. I mean, he was conceived by a virgin, the Virgin Mary, and fathered by the Holy Spirit of God. He was born in Bethlehem. The city of David. Luke 1 verse 32. The message received by Mary prior to his birth was. He will be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And So friend he was the king of all kings. At birth. He was the most noble person ever to be born in this world. That's why Matthew 2, verse 1 through 12, the wise men, there in Matthew 2, verse 2, they were not looking for a baby as such, but they were looking for a king. Where is he that is born king of the Jews? So he was born a noble man. So the king was well received at his birth. And then not only that, the king now is received very well in Jerusalem. In verse 36 through verse 38, you see where the people received him. This is in Luke 19. The people praised God for his mighty works in verse 34. The people spread their clothes on the road in front of him in verse 36. The people waved palm branches before his path in John 12 verse 13. In fact, that verse is uh, cited on the front of your bulletin. So the people shouted in verse 38, praised him. Blessed be the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Praise in heaven and glory in the highest. And then the Bible says the Pharisees in the crowd said, Teacher, tell your disciples to be quiet. And Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. You'll always have those who refuse to accept Jesus Christ as king. And so first you have Jesus Christ, one who was very received. Received as noble at his birth and received as noble as king when he came into Jerusalem but notice also points out not only was the king well received the king was rejected after the people realized that Jesus was not like other kings and his kingdom would not take place immediately that his kingdom would be different in time and different in place and different in role and he would be different in authority, but then they rejected him. After his comments about his authority, they rejected him. After his comments about the destruction of the temple in chapter 21, 5, and 6, they rejected him. After his comments about the coming of the Son of Man, they rejected him. You see, rejection concerning Jesus as the Lord of lords and the King of kings is not a new thing to Jesus. He was well received at birth. He was well received in Jerusalem. But now we find in the week, the days to come, after he came into Jerusalem... He was being rejected by people. The ironic thing is this. Suddenly the crowd that was shouting Hosanna in the highest. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Luke 19.38 It's the same crowd that's shouting crucify him, crucify him. In Matthew 27 verse 22. One moment they're receiving him. And then they're rejecting him. Now of course he was betrayed by his disciples. At his crucifixion they fled. He was betrayed primarily by one disciple. That of Judas for 30 pieces of silver. He was arrested there in the garden. They Mocked him, the soldiers mocked him. They plaited a crown of thorns and placed upon his head. For every king needs a crown. Then they placed a scarlet robe around his nakedness. Because every king needs a robe. Then they placed a scepter in his hand. For every king needs a scepter. Placed a reed in his hand for a scepter. Then they beat him. Then they spat upon him. And then they put a sign above his head. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then the Bible says they crucified him there. They nailed him to a cross. And God permitted it so that the full payment of your sin and my sin would be paid and we could be reconciled with a holy God. I think the songwriter, one of my favorite songs, put it this way. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but lost. And pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the cross of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands, his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, or thorns compose so rich a crown? Were the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my heart, my life, my all. There Jesus was crucified. And then they buried him. So first you have the receiving of the king. You have the rejection of the king. You have the resurrection of the king. But we'll say that until next week. But then number four. You'll have the return of the king. Verses 12, 13. He said in the parable. A certain nobleman went a far country. To receive for himself a kingdom. And to return. And he called his ten servants. Delivered them ten pounds. And said unto them. Occupy. Till I come. And so you have the return of the king. So Jesus in the parable. Taught his disciples. The king who went away in the parable. Is returning one day. Now Christ is returning one day. To this earth. Uh, We know that God's timetable is, is not like our timetable. However, we're confident in one thing, and that one thing is that one day the King will return. Now, there's some things that are going to take place prior to His coming. There's going to be some things, some signs that will take place. One thing that will take place is the rapture of the church. When, When the rapture takes place, the King won't come to the earth, but He'll come, Jesus will come and hover above the earth and he will rapture the church he'll call the church up and he'll take the church with him to that place called heaven that will take place and then there's a manifestation of the antichrist that will take place and then you'll have a period of tribulation for the jews and the unbelievers those who've rejected christ during in that period of tribulation but be patient because the kingdom will come when the king returns and then at his own choosing one day he will return and he will set his feet you know where he'll set his feet on the mount of olives now his triumphal entry began at the mount of olives Luke nineteen verse twenty nine, his ascension back into heaven took place at the top of the Mount of Olives. Acts chapter one verse twelve, and one day, unknown to him, he'll be returning back to the Mount of Olives. He'll set his foot down on that mountain. That mountain will split. He will walk down the mountain into the Kindred Valley, through the valley. To the Eastern Gate, through the Eastern Gate, to the Temple Mount, to the New Temple, and he will set up his reign for a thousand years. Revelation 19. Now, Palm Sunday testifies the receiving of the king, the rejection of the king, the resurrection of the king, the return of the king. But one more thing, and we're finished the responsibility of the servant. You'll notice he gave each one ten pounds. He gave them something to use for him. The king gave them something to use for him, to serve him with while he was gone. The point is that one day he's coming again. The point is while he's away, we need to be carrying on his work. The point is that we're to seize every moment to serve him. So the question is, what are you doing with the pounds, with the spiritual gifts, the natural abilities that God has given you while he's away? The point is, one day he'll come again and we'll give an account to him for our service. The world rejects him today. What about you? Do you know Christ as Lord and Savior and King of kings? Do you know him that way in your life? Jesus Christ suffered on the cross for you and for me, the world. He was humiliated for us. He experienced death for us. And today the question is, would you receive him as your Lord, Savior, Bow our heads together for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to come into your presence. Thank you for each one here. And I pray now during this invitation hymn that you'll speak to our hearts. And I pray that you will move upon us. I pray for those who have never trusted you as Lord and Savior of their lives. And I pray today will be the day that they will surrender their lives to you. Lord, if your Holy Spirit has convicted them of sin, I know, Lord, you've convicted them of a Savior. And you've pointed them to Jesus Christ. And so, God, I pray today, Father, that they would ask you to forgive them of their sins and turn from their sins and turn to you and ask you to forgive them and come into their life and put their faith and trust in you for their salvation. And one day, Lord, when you rapture the church, that they will be a part of that group. Lord, as we're called up to meet you in the air. And so, Father, I pray for each person today who have never been saved. Then I pray for us as Christians who have left here until you call us home. I pray, Lord, that we will occupy, that we'll serve you, that we'll work for you. Lord, as we try to reach others with the gospel, the good news of Jesus, until you come back for the church. Thank you for what you're going to do in this time. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.